two friends, Clevelanders and Jewish fans, slash Jews ourselves, talk about all things Jewish. I'm Samantha Vinokramainet. And I'm El Harudi. And we are so excited to be here today for another episode of How Do You Jew the Podcast. Yeah, El, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. I had a kind of a hard night for some reason. Uh-oh. I don't know. I couldn't sleep. I woke up at like 5.30. Hmm. And Dan starts work at 10. And he works out before, so I didn't want to continue, you know, turning and tossing and whatever in bed, so I just woke up and I went downstairs, and at 8, he came downstairs and he saw me on the couch. (laughs) Were you, like, awake on the couch or asleep on the couch? Oh, completely awake, couldn't sleep, exhausted, and, like, I finally took a day off to do all the things that I needed to do. When and you don't I get a good night's sleep on the day off, I feel like it just throws the rest of the days ever. So then I decided because I have a day off, I was just going to do like, I was going to sleep all day until I actually had to get up and do something. So I took a sleeping pill oh, and that completely threw me off. The whole thing. Oh my God, what a mistake. But I took like half a dose thinking it's gonna be better no it's not don't do that i can't take anything um like i i have no tolerance for anything because the (laughs) my whole family laughs about it that like when i got my wisdom teeth pulled i was given a single vicodin and i slept for two full days (laughs) and like ever since then like i just i cannot handle anything wow um yeah no i'm the biggest lightweight in town it's quite upsetting how are you doing well, I've had a lot of just ridiculousness lately. So I, a year into COVID, I finally realized that COVID is like long lasting. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you finally figured it I'm out. I'm just a little slow on the uptake. <laughs> so I got a bike desk um, where it's like this like workout thing attached to a desk so that I can put my laptop on it. And my whole family is making fun of me because they're like, if you want to work out, why don't you just get, like, a treadmill or an elliptical? Like, why do you have to multitask? Well, that's actually cool. I mean, the idea of actually doing activities while you're still working, that's a great use of your time. It is, exactly. But isn't it weird, kind of, on, like, Zoom calls? Well, people are definitely aware of it, because, like, at each person, I think they all think they're being creative, but, like, they'll private message me, and it's, like, six different people, like, are you biking right now? And yes, so colleagues, anyone who Zooms with me, all I can say is I'm starting all of my Zoom calls shaking. Shouldn't you like say that you're doing it before they notice? Because otherwise it just looks weird. I've been sharing it in small group settings or in settings like where I'm the one speaking. So like I gave a presentation last week to like a dozen people. And I said, just as a heads up, my two disclaimers, I'm biking during this and my dogs are going to bark and ruin it at some point. Like just key things to know. But like this morning I was on a staff meeting call. So there's 30 of us and I'm not the one speaking. So I'm not going to like interrupt to be like, guys, in case I look bouncy, I am. Um, Cause that feels weird. But my dogs are still adjusting to my new bike. So like Pebbles put her foot like in the pedal earlier and like I accidentally kicked her in the face oh my god (laughs) Um, that's not good no (laughs) and like Nala has just been pawing my arm because it's like right near the couch so she just stands on the edge so what I've discovered is I'm not meant to work out and even all the creatures in my life agree with that 
So instead, I went a different way and I decided to try to do something nice for someone else because doing something nice for myself failed. So Noam, my husband, for those uninitiated, um, ordered himself breakfast from a local bakery. And he is many wonderful things, but um, aware of his surroundings is not one of them. So I woke up uh, to a frantic text saying, I ordered breakfast and literally forgot to pick it up on my way to work. Do you mind going to get my breakfast and bring it to me? So I was like, okay, I, you know, I try to be kind when I can. Opportunities are few and far between, but that's okay. So I decided to go bring him his breakfast. So I go to the bakery and I had the dogs with me because codependency is real. Um, and I was not fully dressed. I just also need to like share all my disclaimers. And I call, I was in the like um, pickup, the curbside pickup parking spot. So I called them to say, I'm here, I'm picking up this uh, whatever order. And the guy says to me, that you can't get that as curbside pickup. We have a minimum purchase amount to do curbside. Um, your husband didn't order enough food, so you need to either order $15 worth of food or come in yourself. What? Yes. I, and wait, I wait. About this. I, I understand having a minimum when you're doing a delivery. Well, that was my thing. Like, if, Which, but that makes sense. Right. If you're doing delivery and it's not worth your time, like, I, I respect a minimum. Unless you pay for a delivery and then it doesn't matter. But right. I understand, like, a minimum for a delivery, but I, but a minimum for a curbside. Like, you, you need to order $15 for them to go leave the behind the counter. Right. And literally just and come And literally to the just door. come to the door and hand it to you. Exactly. And I was in the first spot. So they would rather have people going in and taking the chance of having... COVID spread around their shop for $15? Well, that was the whole thing that I was like, if you're offering curbside pickup... And I'm sorry, this blows my mind. because it's during a pandemic, like, having the minimum there, and so I, it, it was early, and I had both dogs, so I said, probably harsher than one should, like, I'm not coming in. Of course. And I'm also not adding, you know, another, I, I can't do math, but I think another, like, you know, $11 to this order of this like stupid breakfast sandwich. Um, someone needs to come out and bring me this because I'm trying to be nice to my husband. I have animals in the car, so I'm not leaving them alone. I'm pretty sure it's $9. I can't add that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna introduce myself again. Hi, my name is Samantha Vinacormina. I did once didn't realize I was failing a math class because the teacher gave all of our grades as fractions. So I didn't, and because I didn't understand them, I literally didn't know I was failing the okay. class. So you said fifteen dollars, and he ordered six dollars, right? Did. Yeah, so that's nine dollars. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> listeners. Feel free to weigh in on what amount of money you would have thought we were discussing here. Or don't. Doesn't matter. That's true. That'll probably just make me feel worse and like be more likely to yell at bakery employees. I'd rather than weigh in on more important stuff. Okay, fine. So apparently six plus nine is fifteen, and we don't need mm -hmm. like anyone else to help us build consensus on that. That's okay, fine. so what? So he finally did. They finally bring your order out. So the not? guy finally brought my order out, but it was a whole process that I I think I sounded slightly hysterical. 
Um, so he was like, I'll check with my manager if I can. And I am usually not like... If he can step outside behind the cash register to bring you an order and that's I less than $15. I really usually don't get upset about things, like especially when I know that someone's an employee. I am shocked. Like set this I'm policy. shocked that that's their policy. I will be less shocked if I found out that the employee employer thought it just misunderstood the minimum of having a delivery or curbside pickup. That's true. I, I that respect if that sense. was a misunderstanding. Oh my god. Just so you know, Noam had nothing to do with this, so don't spit in his neck sandwich. This is ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was so crazy. So the guy finally came I out. I have to check if it's their actual policy. I don't know. I'm like, this is crazy. So I, the guy finally came out, and I, I did feel bad because I, like, snapped at him. And it was first thing in the morning. And A business during COVID times will probably prefer not having people inside their business. It doesn't matter the minimum amount. Are you kidding me? You're much, okay, this is so, so you're weird. You're making it so much more black and white because I'm like, oh my God, I was mean to this worker. Well, um, I, okay, so I don't believe. Because it wasn't his fault. So I don't believe in being mean to workers, no. employees, or even to the manager itself. Like, I don't believe in being mean to people that, that do their job. I do believe. In telling them their policy is stupid. Yes. I do believe in, in explaining that this policy makes zero sense. No, it really didn't. And long story short. The sandwich was retrieved. Not to the worker. I would no. I would explain it to right, the actual the manager. manager, but like this makes yeah. no sense. No, I think it like what I could or should have done different better would have been to say, I would like to talk to the manager, not about the employee. The employee was doing his job, he's fine. Yeah. But to say, like, this doesn't make sense to me. And honestly, I probably would have done that had I not like had a deadline for bringing this breakfast sandwich and two dogs in the car, I probably would have said, like, just teachable moment. This is not a COVID-friendly policy, and let's uh, unpack it together. I'm a um, horrible person. I would probably um, go on uh, Google and write a Google review. <laughs> would be, oh my god, I get so scared about things like that. I feel like they all know me. I'm like that. Um, yeah, it's my name and everything. But yes, if if something happened bad, like I had an anti-Semitic comment. I remember that like thrown at me at um, Home Depot. And yes, I immediately went on online and wrote that. And, um, wow, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm trying, I'm still trying to process this, but yes, I, I, I'm, I'm one to do that. I had an actual conversation with someone. I'll do this really quick, but someone called me from Spectrum. Okay. Um, like a few days ago and I ended up having like a half an hour conversation with him, oh explaining to him why the way he talked was not okay. Oh my God. Okay, so he's one of those sales, sales people, mm-hmm. um, sell, sales representative. Sales representative. That's um, very official. That called to do, to ex, to try to expand uh, my, uh, um, okay, t- now Toto is barking. Toto wants to weigh in too on all these different people and all of our feelings towards them. I feel like if Toto had been in the car, she would have told him what's what instead I had pebbles like crawling out the window to give kisses. Yeah, so. Toto has lots of opinions, but Toto just wanted to get picked up to the couch. I've got one little this, spot for little ladies. This lady. is what happens when you work from home. <laughs> COVID problems, guys, COVID problems. Yeah, I think my dog is being pampered too much. That's not a thing. Anyways, so um, so he calls me and he says, hey, I wanted to lower your bill to $44. And I'm like, nice. lower my bill from 60 
$9.99, like 70 bucks to 44 I love people lowering my That's bills. amazing. Those are my favorite kinds of people. It sounds good, right? Okay, and then it keeps talking, good. and then it keeps talking. I was like, this ha- there's a catch. Like, no company calls you and says, hey, we'd like you to pay less. It doesn't happen. So I was like, there's a catch. Let's listen until he finishes. So... Okay. And then he finishes and then like towards the end, he like throws like this really quick sentence saying, yeah, and it will be like $44 for internet, but then you have to add like an extra only $20 for your bill to get like the TV bundle. So like if you add 20 bucks extra, that means $90 a month, then you'll get 40, then your internet is only $44, but like the rest is actual, your actual bill that you're paying to add a TV bundle. So I, I said, okay, cool. And how many people does this actually work on? And he says, what? And I said, your little scheme. How many people does it work on? And he said, what? He was so confused. I said, listen, if I was an older person, this might have been like amazing. Because if I hear, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be judgmental for older people, but like I've had to fix problems with like my mom's bills so many times because of people like this that call you and tell you just what you want to hear and you're like yeah of course i'm going to lower my bill to 44 bucks and then you get the bill and it's like oh 90 i thought it was 44 and then you call and they're like no you misunderstood you actually get a tv bundle that to me is so mean because that's like gaslighting it's like i didn't misunderstand yeah you deliberately twisted exactly like, this is not a commentary on me understanding so the poor guy had to sit there for half an hour <laughs> listening to me explain how to do his job and he was like, so how would you like me to do it? I didn't mean to lie to you. I said, I said, well, that's what you did. And I, and anyways, the poor guy, I completely ruined his day. I know that. And like at the end, I said, listen, I didn't mean to ruin your day, but just know that the way you're selling stuff is not a truthful and, and like, it's not an okay way to sell things because someone will be stupid enough to say yes. And they won't have that me- that money to pay that. Yeah. And I said, in COVID times, you do not mess with people's money. No. So many people lost their job. So many people. And I told them, I've been on your side. I've been on the, like, trying I to know, sell I've things. And- I've done sales in my life. And I've also been on the side that lost their job. Yeah. So you can't, like, you just can't do that no, to people. it's so hard. The only people who I get upset with are, I had a, like, handyman at my house recently who... I was the only one who had communicated with. Like, I took care of everything for the house. Yeah. So, I called. I booked him. I greeted him at the house. I talked him through, like, the problems of what needed fixing. And then he, like, wrote out the invoice to my husband. Oh, my God. And I was just like, <laughs> nope. Like, are you kidding me? Like, he's not here. At no point have I introduced myself as, like, someone's wife. First of all, like actually, I've you know, in no way. I mean, I guess you twenty twenty one. Get with it. You, like, you can look around my house and like see. Yes, there are pictures of me in a wedding dress. Like presumably, I do have a husband, which I do. But like, he has nothing to do with this. This is a project that I have hired you on. And so the guy, whatever. Long story short, the guy ends up saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry, Mrs." And no. And I just looked at him. And I'm so proud of myself for doing this. I was like, it's doctor. Nice. <laughs> nice. And like, I don't use doctor on like a regular. Oh no, but you have to. But definitely had like, to. It's doctor. And so that I was, and I was coming off high. So I'm like, yes, I've like told him and like, damn the patriarchy. And then, and then <laughs> what happened? I went to my mailbox and there was, um, 
uh, like thank you letter from an organization that I donate to. And again, I write the check in my name. Like our checks are joined, but like I wrote a check in my name. And this envelope came addressed to Mr. and Mrs. Noam Vinicor Meyer. Oh my God. And I called them and I said, cause I never, and I never call anyone, but like I called them and I said, let's just recap. First of all, it's doctor. Now I'm going on this rant. <laughs> Second of all, you're what, like, it was fully in my name. I didn't make the donation as Samantha and Noam. I made it as Samantha. So how do um, they know? People are very creepy. That's um, weird. So like, how did they know? But also you erased my name entirely. Like, even if, like, it's not Mr. and Mrs. or Mr. and Dr. Noam Vinicor Minor. If you want to do Noam and Samantha, like, I probably wouldn't have even noticed and remembered that I didn't include Noam, but that you erased my name fully and it was just like Mrs. Noam. Um, and so I basically, I wound up saying, and poor Noam got home from work to like this rage. I was like, I'm an independent well, woman. Like, you're basically Mr. Samantha way more than I am Mrs. Noam. And he's just like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Uh, you can call yourself whatever you'd like. Well, okay. After we both went on a full rant. Rant. Uh, rant. Um, rant. <laughs> this was like the longest introduction we've ever had. Sorry, everyone. Not um, sorry, because we don't have anything to be sorry for the patriarchy. No, yeah, I like I like fighting for justice. <laughs> and speaking of fighting for justice, today we're talking about Passover. Yes. Um, let my people go. Let my people go. <laughs> I love it. I actually think Passover segues really nicely here because one of my first kind of like introductions to like expectations for women, I feel like was centered around Passover. Because in a lot of households, not mine, um, there's, I feel like this like kind of traditional model of like the dad or the grandpa, whoever the male head of the family is, sits at the table and leads the Seder Mm -hmm. while the woman goes and cooks and, or the women. And someone once said to me, I will not name them because like I know we're naming and shaming, but this feels excessive. Um, <laughs> no, just, I, just places that ask you to order $15 worth of breakfast. When I started to like advance in my career in Jewish education, but also got into the habit of hosting Shabbat dinners and like making my own Jewish home, they said to me like, so which one are you going to choose? Are you going to lead the Seder or are you going to create the Seder? Like, are you gonna, basically, are you going to be, like, the the woman who makes the meal or the man who leads it? And I was just like, I, I can do it all. Like, I'm able to be both. I can, like, figure this out. And it was just so interesting because I feel like so many Jewish holiday meals, the ritual is really brief. It's, like, the service, you know, or a synagogue experience, that's what the, the ritual part is. So you can multitask and get both in but the seder you know because the meal and the ritual are one in the same i feel like it's so much harder to figure out you know how can we have it all but luckily i have figured everything out so it's gonna be fine i just want to let everyone know where are you having the seder this year i don't know covid (laughs) (laughs) i don't know that was a really mean question i haven't figured okay when i said i figured everything out everything besides that is i have figured out in a normal year when like group hugs are allowed i figured everything out (laughs) in the second seder of covid i'll be having my seder in a location that i will be in and that's 
basically as far as I've gotten. What about you? Do you know your plans? Um, no. I I, I just know I'm going to be with my mom that's and my cousin. That's what we want. Like, but otherwise, no clue. I don't even know if Dan is working that day. What day is it on? It's so soon. So the first, well, okay. It's so a Saturday a this year? The first Seder is on Saturday. The All second right. Seder is on Sunday. Okay, so, so as Sunday. an Israeli in America. Yeah. Are you doing one or two seders? Um, well, one for sure. Okay, good. Start strong. Well, I I probably will do two just because I really love holidays. So I'll probably do two, but um, it is only my third year doing two, honestly. What's your preference, one or two? One. Okay. I know it kind of it's kind of weird. That's but okay. I kind of feel like the second holiday year. You don't really give it your all. Oh, like, right you gave her your all the first night, and then the second night is just like, okay, let's do this quick so we can finish it. But what's the point? I mean, now we know. Like, what's the point of doing two? So, I love doing two. We, I agree with like, you. Like, we know the time differences. No, we know, know things now. We're like, it's 2021. Come on. I love doing two. I think I would agree with you. If you're seeing the same people for first day, second day, I usually I think it's see really same. hard yeah. to like keep the enthusiasm at the same level. It's like we just did this yesterday because it's usually with the family. But the way that like same. when I grew up, uh, we were very lucky. Both my like parents, um, but, like both my sets of grandparents and my cousins, whatever, they all lived in the same area. So we always had first night dad's family, second night mom's family. Oh, so because we had like a new crowd and new faces. Like, it That's just cool. had the new energy. That's again. really cool. That's cool. So, I loved having two. This past year was really weird. Like, I, I can confidently say, you know, getting psyched for my second Zoom Seder last year. Um, I'm just going to say I did not bring 100% of the enthusiasm. I think I brought as much as I could. I like, didn't even feel like it was Passover, honestly. It just didn't feel... It just wasn't the same feeling. We had I the saw first. The blur. I don't know what happened. So we had this. So the same. Yeah. We had the first Zoom like family. It was really nice, but it was like Dan's first Seder, and that sucks. And he didn't understand what was going on, and I mean, trying to explain it when you're over Zoom is just not the same. No. And then second second one was nice. We had it with Chase. That's nice. And Sarah. Too. It was really nice. Yeah. That's really sweet. No, we were we zoomed with my family both nights last year. And, like, again, we we brought the enthusiasm as best we could. That was also, like, at the beginning of, I feel like, Zoom being part of our world. So we also had, like, my mom um, not understanding how, like, the screen had four faces on it. But then, like, a fifth face could be added and, like, it wouldn't take away from one of the four. So, like, I feel like this year, if we're still on Zoom, at least we've all, like, really achieved a new level. And I did organize... Like a virtual um, Afikoman hunt last year. How'd you do that? It was it was like very campy of me, but basically I set up like um, I think I used like a Kahoot, like a quiz online, oh. because luckily it was just my immediate family, so everyone knows the house perfectly. Um, so I had them go through like steps of like you've you know it's time to hunt for the Afikoman. Um, which room do you go to first? And it was like. The den, Samantha's room, Rory's room. And like my mom had hid it in the place that I told her to. <laughs> so that eventually we got to the right place. So we tried to like bring the enthusiasm and still make it fun. 
but that's a really cute idea it was really sweet um, uh, i still haven't gotten my prize money just <laughs> um do you have a do you have like a favorite um pesach memory like passover memory there's so many um pesach is my favorite holiday i like i just i love it i always have the best time i think that one of my favorites was so one of my favorites from the seder was i think the first year that i brought noam home with me um, because my family were like very creative for like the first half of the Seder. Yeah. And then we get to the meal and then like we sing a few of the songs afterwards, but basically like only the ones we like. Um, and one of the, same, same. <laughs> one of the songs we had never gotten super into as a family was Echad Meodea, which is how does what. that even make sense? It's like the biggest one in Israel. Every little kid learns how to so sing it. We're American. I don't know how to help us, but uh, on the kibbutz on Beit Shita, where Noam is from, they have a whole dance routine. So they have this whole routine of hand gestures and dance moves, and he taught it to us. And I feel like it reinvigorated the second half of the Seder for my entire family, because my cousin, who at the time was like 13, who was kind of checked out, got into it and is doing the clapping and the hand motions. Oh my God, that's so cute. my grandma and just everyone. And that became like a favorite part. And it just warms my heart that like he he brought that to our family and now it's something we look forward to. And it's just lovely. Aw, new tradition. Exactly. So that's my favorite Seder memory. I feel like Pesach in general though, you know, growing up that was always spring break. So we always went on like all these different adventures and did all this family stuff. I think that's what I associated with the most. What about you? Fave memories? Um, well, Passover is like always the it's always the holiday that I spent with my dad's side of the family. So all your siblings. Oh yeah. Yeah. So well first of all my dad also has a huge family. Right. So it's you when I was growing up it was always like forty people at the table and now we even grew How many tables are there? A lot. Well, usually it's one. It was so for for the longest time it was only like one very 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 long one because because it one. would fit. But like the last seder we had at my grandpa's house uh, before he moved to the um, um, old age home, what um, we me and my cousins sat on the balcony. Like the tables would not fit. It was that long. We've done that. We that's grew too much. That's, um, love, that's the biggest pro- like the best problem. Yes, we have a huge family, um, and so but then it, and we started having it there. The old uh, mm-hmm. I'm calling it an old age home. That's okay. I don't know, is, is that how? Like beta vote. Yeah, yeah. How how is it supposed to be called? You can call it an old age home or like a senior citizen home or okay. It's okay. Okay. We all know. Just making sure. Um, and so and so then then we started doing it there, mm-hmm. which was really nice. Um, and then well then I moved here, but like last year they had it at my aunt's house. Anyways. My favorite memory from all of this is when my at my old um, gr- at my grandma and grandpa's house, their old home, before everything happened. Um, they had like a little. It's it was a very old house, and so they had like a little kind of hole, like kind of tube coming from the ceiling. Fascinating. It's it's weird. I think it was connected to a chimney at some point okay. or something. I don't even know what, what it was connected to. Okay, I'm trying to visualize. It's very small, okay, but on the top side of it was the roof, the okay. rooftop, which where we would go play all the time, me and my cousins, after yeah. dinner. 
And so just imagine all the adults sitting in the in the in the dining room. Okay. And all the kids upstairs on the rooftop yelling into that tube downstairs. Oh my god. <laughs> So it's your favorite memory. Is it theirs, I wonder? <laughs> Just no, like, definitely not the adult's favorite memory, but it was definitely all the kids' favorite memory. I like, I would wait for Passover, all my cousins, just standing over this little thing yelling downstairs to our parents. What did you yell? I don't even yell? know. I was young, and I just... Yeah, kind of stupid. I but. like that other people, such as yourself, are able to say, like, I was young. I don't do that anymore, like... My cousins and I definitely still do the same things we did when we were young. Like, I remember the Seder used to be at my, the first night used to be at my grandma and grandpa's house. And we had the long table with like 40 people. Yeah. And you, you know, if you were on the inside part of the table, you couldn't get out like around all these people. You couldn't squish. So you had to crawl under. And someone said to me like, so how old were you when you stopped crawling under tables? I was like, I don't know, I'm 30 right now. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> You're still crawling like, under. When called upon, I mean, now the Seder is at my parents' house and they- Well, now the Seder is over Zoom. Well, that, but like <laughs> up until Zoom time, they did it in a different way where like they have like six different tables kind of set up around the room um, and all these different like things in play. But like if called upon, I am very capable of still just like getting a good slide under the table and like popping up between someone's legs. And, like I'll let everyone know when I outgrow that because uh, I'm not there yet. But same thing, like we're not, are you guys over hunting for the Afikoman because no. I can confidently say, like, a couple of years ago when I was in Israel for the Seder, one of my cousins broke a chair. She was, like, home from the army, and I was like, okay, it's time to search. And she just jumped up, knocked over a chair, and kept going. Oh, my God. Um, There's a lot of aggression. In wow. <laughs> no, I mean, in our house, it's only the kids that search for the Afikoman. Yeah, no, we're, <laughs> um, we're not mature enough for that. But talking about, like, like, Passover traditions. Uh, is there any food that you think is the best, like Pesach food? Because Pesach, like everyone, always complains that there's not enough food. There is always enough food. I just think Pesach, like, I feel like it's for me. It's like similar to certain parts of COVID that even things that I was never deprived of during COVID, the fear of being deprived of them <laughs> turned me into a crazy person. So like. 90% of the food that I eat during the rest of the year is what I eat during Pesach anyway. Like, yes, so I grew up in the United States in, like, an observant household, so we didn't eat kidney oat. And I do when I'm in Israel. So you don't have rice. Uh, so but we don't have rice or beans or corn or, like, any of that. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I think about my typical diet, yes, during Pesach I'm not eating popcorn or during, like, whatever. But most of what I eat is fine. But every year by like day five you'll find me just like eating a can of olives it's like i don't know what else to snack on i'm like i could just eat normal food but i get really weird i haven't had this problem in years no oh. my favorite pesach food i will say is a dessert um because well all of my favorite foods are desserts i'm gonna be honest um but my favorite favorite food is this like it's something that I make every year, um, and I can share the recipe if people are interested. It's a, I call it like a granola. It was originally supposed to be cookies, but the first time I made it when I was like seven, 
they all kind of mush together. So we just started making it as like a sheet <laughs> instead of trying to do the cookies. And it's with chocolate and um, cinnamon and matzo farfel and it's just always a crowd pleaser. But then also, this is a very long answer to a very simple question. So sorry, everyone. Um, I just like have such good memories of the most basic foods. My dad always um, does a wonderful job of putting cream cheese on matzah. And he's like a master at it because most people, if you put cream cheese on matzah, at some point the, t the sheet of matzah tends to break and he knows how to do it with such precision. Do you wet the matzo? No. Oh, wow. That's, that's he, like no, some he's technique. He's like a skilled. That's some skills, he, yeah. He can be on like top chef, like really specific skill edition. Um, but when I, my birthday's around Pesach, usually not this year when it's so early. So when I was in, I don't know, second or third grade, I had a sleepover during Passover. And I was nervous because a lot of the girls weren't Jewish. And I didn't know, like, we had, like, we didn't have any normal food. We didn't have pancakes. We didn't have cereal because like, it was Passover. And my dad made matzo with cream cheese for everyone. And this was before people realized that you could, like, embellish that. So this was not, like, matzo avocado toast. This was matzo with plain, tempty cream cheese. Which sounds amazing to Which me. Which is, am is yeah. amazing. And, like, one of the most popular girls in the class wrote her like story for our writer's workshop the following week about my dad and the matzo <laughs> cream cheese nice. and like how amazing it was I was like bonus what, points for dad dad thank you for matzo with cream cheese exactly. what are your faves any uh classic or contemporary foods well okay so here you don't eat um the the um what's it called matzo ball soup you should. No, no. What I'm saying is okay. you don't only eat it on Passover. In Israel, you only eat it on Passover. That's true. You don't eat it other holidays. That's true. And for some reason here, it's like a year, an all year long thing. So that's my favorite Passover food. That is a good choice. Um, I don't know. I just love it. Um, but you see, I've never had any problems finding food no. to eat during Passover. Because I, I usually don't eat um, like all the other stuff anyways. Right. And Dan is gluten free, so it even makes it even easier so it's kind of, I don't know. I don't miss anything during Passover. I always have enough food. That's one of the things I thought was interesting about Passover in Israel. I do have to say. Please. I do like a matzo with chocolate spread. Very Israeli. Love it. <laughs> Very Israeli. Um, I just, I think the two things that I remember, like growing up in America, I feel like a lot of Israeli foods, you know, 30 years ago, like only came to Israel as kosher for Passover not the rest of the year or this could equally be possible my parents only bought them during passover like what like i i remember during passover you know milky yeah we would get those for breakfast only for passover yes oh so i don't know if that means that america didn't have them the rest of the year or the Vinacor parents didn't buy them the rest of You're the from the New York area. Yeah. You had them all year long. Okay, so my parents were mean. I've been to Jewish grocery stores in the <laughs> no, New York now area. To, like now we have Bomba and Trader Joe's. Like it wasn't there. But yeah, but like I'm talking about when I, okay, yeah, I'm talking about probably mm, 10 years ago. Well, 10 years ago, me too. I don't know. Because my, my, my grandparents are right. from there. All these yummy foods only came out during Passover, and Milky is amazing. 
Um, now it's probably pure sugar. But in the moment, it was like, what a healthy snack. No, milk is still amazing. It's definitely not healthy. It's still amazing. It was amazing. But what I, so what I found it to be interesting, though, the years that I've spent Passover in Israel is in Israel, Passover is so easy. Yeah. All the restaurants are open. Mm -hmm. They all make like egg noodles. Like there's nothing you don't have. Kosher for Passover bread. Um, Yeah. Like I remember ordering like from a place that was like, oh, do you want kosher for Passover bread? And I was like, isn't that matzah? And it's like, no, we make kosher for Passover bread. And on the one hand, that's amazing. Like it's so easy and you can do everything you want and go travel. But I wound up saying, I was like, you know what? It feels like not really Passover because my like favorite memories other than of the Seders and the, you know, iconic um, story writing event based on my dad are that Passover always felt different. I remember we would go because it was spring break to the zoo or into Manhattan or to the aquarium or, you know, wherever we went as like Tiulim as kids. And it felt so, you knew it was different because you weren't going out for lunch. Instead, it was my grandmother had in her like world's largest handbag. Um, each, <laughs> each kid got like a single chocolate lolly cone. And we brought that granola thing that I was talking about to the movies and we snuck it in as our snack. And we didn't go out to eat that whole week because there are very few open kosher Passover restaurants. So instead, we would like, eat at home for the whole week, just like being a family. And it was wonderful and it was so much fun to have all of that. And so when I'm like torn between that and the convenience of Israel where everything was just open, it's like Israel's definitely easier, but I almost didn't even notice it was Passover. Like I didn't feel, not deprivation, because I don't think it's about that and we're not supposed to be deprived, but it didn't feel different enough for me to be like, oh, I had a Pesach feeling. Really? Yes. I feel more Passover in Israel than here. That's so because funny. everything becomes kosher for Passover. Yeah. And like everything, all the restaurants make all these like, you know, changes to be kosher. And you go to a grocery store and they just close off like some of the grocery yeah. store areas. And you can only shop for kosher for Passover yeah. products, which is amazing. And it makes life way easier. One of my favorite kosher for Passover meals in Israel, and I will fight anyone who tells me it wasn't a kosher for Passover meal, is my sister and I were in Tel Aviv and we're walking um, and trying to find somewhere that we feel like going for lunch. And there's a restaurant that says in the window, kasher la Pesach, kosher for Pesach. So we sit down and I look at the menu and it's shrimp, mussels, calamari, like it's a seafood restaurant. And I said to the guy, like, I, I saw the sign in the window, how is this kosher or Pesach? And he looked at me, he's like, we took out all the bread. <laughs> um, and we took a picture of the side and like texted our parents like, so we're having a kosher for Passover shrimp lunch. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, they said it was kosher. So like, I, I can't tell them, you know, that they were wrong. And it was amazing. Sorry, everyone. Um, oh, this is hilarious. It was great. It was very Tel aviv is all I can uh, say. So um, what's unique about your past Pesach experience? Vinicorland is always a unique place. <laughs> land. That, I, that's a trademark. <laughs> So a few years ago, my dad started dressing up as Moses for the Seder. No way. And he wears like, um, he wears like a dress. I can only describe, it's like a bedsheet dress. 
And he, um, so first it was just him and he would like think that he was surprising everyone as though we forgot this, like from one day to the next, from first Seder to second Seder. But he would come downstairs with like a staff in his like robes. And then, I love this. um, he like, this was the ultimate like inclusion. He brought Noam and my brother, um, their own outfits. Aww. So Noam has robes as Aaron. Oh my God, I can't Kobe take this. is Pharaoh. Um, and he has robes and a headdress. And I, all I can say is I don't think anyone else has that. Oh my God, that is so cute. It's really cute. It's hilarious. And like, Who they plays do Miriam? So we haven't factored in like a Miriam yet. Um, I was offered the role at one point, <laughs> but as my goal in life is to be referred to as the Jewish Miss Frizzle, I tend to have like a matzah leggings situation happening. Like I'm, I'm just otherwise occupied. Yeah, and that's something that um, Miriam probably did not wear. No, no, that doesn't feel on brand for her. So like I leave that for like if my sister ever wants to do it or my sister-in-law, like they're welcome to. What about your mom? Um, I think she judges all of us. (laughs) I'm actually pretty confident that, like, she wants to look like a put-together person. Knowing your parents, I don't (laughs) believe a word. No, but my mom likes to dress nicely, and she, like, looks beautiful when she hosts. She does. And, like, my dad wearing, like, robes and me in my, like, festive leggings is not necessarily (laughs) the vibe she's going for, but she respect all of our very specific life choices (laughs) what about you what are some unique traditions or experiences from your fam that's a hard one oh actually i have a really good one okay so years ago um so this started actually a passover that i wasn't with my dad's family which is weird because i'm usually with them but it was one Passover, I wasn't with them, and that started a whole tradition in our family, okay? Okay, I'm ready. So, Is it because you weren't there? No, no, no. Okay. So, my mom's friend, a good friend of, of my mom's, which, like, she kind of, her and her husband, I think I talked about this, they adopted me as, like, one mm-hmm. of their grandchildren, okay? I love stories like that. So, she um, taught us this game, and ever since, we've been playing it every Passover. What's the game? It's called, <laughs> it's called Super Egg. <laughs> Okay. okay. Are you sure it's not an Easter game? It's not. Okay. It's definitely a Passover egg. Just check. Okay. So you have like a bunch of, you know, hard-boiled eggs for the amount of people that are in the table. Each person takes an egg. Okay. It's still in its shell. Okay. okay? It's just cooked hard-boiled eggs. You have to take them out before they crack. Okay? So it has okay. to be like a completely... A fully, a fully cooked but a fully shelled okay. hard-boiled egg. I can egg. do this. Okay. So, and then you... That's a lie. I have no idea how to guarantee that, but okay. And then you hold the egg, um, you hold the egg with the, like, the thinner part, like, up top. Okay. Okay? So you're holding the, the like, the fatter top. Okay. Part, excuse me. And then you, and then you just do one, two, three, and you and another person just smash, like, the heads of them against each other. What? And yes. And I, I can't explain the, the, like, the, the, the whole sciencey part behind it but only one of them will crack how do you know because you you smash them and then you see and one of them only one cracks okay when you do that okay so is it like a tournament yes and the 
person, the person that didn't, that theirs didn't crack continues to the next round and you continue smashing eggs of people around the table until there's only one person left. And they are the super egg? And that person wins the super egg competition and you get a prize. Oh my gosh. What do you get? Well, I don't, I don't know. I never won. <laughs> okay, sorry. That was rude. Is what if the same person wins Super Egg and finds the athlete? Come on, like, do they get a double prize? Oh my God, lucky them. Well, this game is for adults and kids. This sounds like it's an for, amazing. It's game. for the whole table. A fikuman in our family is usually just for the kids. At what point, like, is this like an appetizer activity? Like, when does this? Go At down? what point after you? Um, I think it's like after most of the blessings. I think it's like right before the dinner, if That's I'm not mistaken. Hilarious. But you know what? I've never organized the Passover dinner, so I don't know. Have you ever organized a Passover dinner? Not by myself. Like I've, you know, like I'm the. I feel like I've been the right hand person. Yeah. A lot. Um, but you've never had it like just yourself. Because I was wondering if you have like any tips for anyone. So well, I like I made for Noam and I last year, but I don't think that that. I mean, qualifies. that counts. Why? That that qualifies. No, not so much. Um, it was a small dinner. Well, no, like it. It just it wasn't what I envision as like hosting. Like I would never say like yeah, I hosted my first seder. It was my husband and I on Zoom. Um, <laughs> True. That just is a depressing sentence. I think my tip, like having watched a lot of hosting, um, is to prepare as much for the content of the seder as you do for the food. Because, like, I have definitely watched... I love that. And I've been to dinners or lunches that you've hosted. And, yes. <laughs> I have to say, you had the best um, Rosh Hashanah lunch I've ever been to. Yes. We have readings. We the have, absolute like, best. Activities. So, like, this, I put a lot of effort into, into my food. And I want to have the good soup. And I have all... I always have my cleaning people come because I'm incompetent about many things. Um... I just shout out to my cleaning lady. Like, she keeps people thinking that I know how to clean. One of us has a cleaning lady, oh. and the other one um, has a boyfriend with OCD. That's <laughs> awesome. I have a husband who makes me want to have my cleaning lady live with me. <laughs> shout out. But, no, but I think that, you know, we put effort into the meal, that I'm already seeing people on social media, you know, figuring out what's their menu, what's their, you know, all these different things. And I, and then scrambling at the last minute to, okay, I guess we'll just go through the same Haggadahs every year and like, it's the same thing. But I love both preparing what are different contemporary readings or activities, how do we make it unique? And I also love assigning things. Again, the same way that if, if I were hosting my own Seder that I would say, yeah, please bring, well, yeah, please bring dessert. Cause like, I always Because what desserts. else can I bring? <laughs> you can bring other stuff. It can be a yes and. You can bring food and dessert. Always. <laughs> um, anyone who wants to bring food to my house, like, I will text you my address. Done. Um, but at the same time, I also want to be able to assign, like, bring dessert, but also bring an insight about the four questions. Love that. And to, like, another couple that's coming, you know, bring wine, but also I want to hear your thoughts on like the washing our hands twice thing. So yes, that is my tip. Like whatever it is that you're asking people to do food wise, like also just like give some content. And it's, I think it only enhances it. Like I'm always interested 
in I know I have all of my thoughts, but in what other people bring to the Seder and the story and dessert. Love that. What about you? Pro tips? Oh, I only have one. And okay. I think I also said it like in like uh, the Shabbat dinner um, talk that Good. we had. Universal tips. But um, I learned this from my mom. Make a list. Make a list and stick to it if you, because my mom has this list and she goes through it every Shabbat to not forget to take, you know, everything out to the table and she makes, she makes sure she takes everything out and then every time, every single time the salad gets left in the fridge. Well, at least one of the salads, one of the salads always gets left in the refrigerator. But, um, yeah, my tip is like, is a list and... And cooking, like, start cooking a little earlier. Like, two days in advance is fine. I That's such a good tip because I do not know how to prep. Like, well, you're a chef, so you know how to prep. You can prep some of the things earlier. You can prep up to two days before, and it's still going to be okay. Not everything, obviously. Salad and stuff like that has to be fresh. You know, meat and everything like that has to be fresh. But soup actually tastes better after true. two days. That is true. Actually. That is actually Or true. at least a day after. Just so you know, like, it actually does taste better after. I feel like my problem is that I, yes, I'm, like, a grown-up, air quotes, who, like, lives with my husband. I think I might secretly live in a college fraternity dorm <laughs> because any food that I put into my kitchen, yeah. like, it's up for grabs. That I, like, found myself putting, like, a post-it note, like, no, um, this has a purpose. Don't eat it. Wow, we live in two different households. Well, no, but you... Dan will never touch anything that he thinks may be for a dinner or for my work or for anything. Like, yeah. he's so good about that. No, we're really not there. And he asks. Well, we've devolved into, like, I think I'm, I actually freaked now on out that he, the only thing he now asks about are, like, are these shared tomatoes or individual <laughs> tomatoes? And then I have to be like, okay, obviously I'm so mean going back to our opening conversation that like there's a fear over using the wrong kind of tomatoes that I've cultivated. I don't think, I don't think it's, it's being mean. I think like if you have a shared refrigerator, obviously, cause you live in the same household and sometimes you buy something for a certain purpose and then you come to use it for that purpose and it's gone. It, I don't think it's mean to say, hey, like, just be, like, con- more considerate and at least, at least ask just to make sure, you know, Dan, like, for now, now he sees fruit, for instance, in the fridge and because sometimes I use stuff for my work, right. he would ask, he would say, hey, are these strawberries, like, are they for a cake or something or can I eat them? Like, he'll be, I mean. That's very nice. And it's not because he needs permission to eat his <laughs> own food in his own house, but because sometimes things actually do have a purpose. Right, no, but like you have projects and you're a chef working from home. Well, you see, if I'm, I'm just a freak about which tomatoes are salad tomatoes and which tomatoes are sauce tomatoes. So you see, I, really? Yeah, they're different tomatoes. Well, I agree. <laughs> I agree, but like I would, so you see, like draw. If I if I had something that I had to like, that I have in mind for something yeah. that I bought, I would mention it. So I I won't I won't accept him to it. knowing. Well, I've i started labeling. Knowing what did no, like um did my sentence just make sense? I liked it absolutely. Yeah, to know. Or to I guess, wouldn't accept. Or, I wouldn't expect him to know. Thank you. I yeah. You were talking, and then I was trying to finish my sentence, and then afterwards I was like. 
I think I just said something that made zero sense. I loved it. But yes, no, I've started labeling because like... I'm glad you noticed. That's how I scare him, I think, of like... Because he doesn't know which tomatoes. And I was just like, salad tomato, soup tomato. You label it? Because they're different tomatoes. This is hilarious. They're, the difference... I'm going to... I will send you, listeners, I may send this to you as well, um, a picture of what is a salad tomato versus what is like a cooking or saucing tomato. Yeah, I think we may have to upload a picture of this to our Instagram uh, page <laughs> after this episode airs. Let's do that, yes. So that's a little bit more controversial than me not knowing how to add I'm to I am dying to see what people think about this. On that note, um, this has been lovely. This has been amazing. I have so many new insights. I think I need to come to Passover at your family's house. You're always welcome. That's just one year to experience that. You're always welcome. Now that I'm away from my dad's family, nah. you know, yeah, li- well, if, I kind of live far if away. If you want to introduce the super egg thing, oh, I, I can I guarantee will. the Vinicors would aggressively get Oh, I bring the activity with me. And um, I make some awesome matzo balls. Because I don't make this from the box. I make this from scratch, and I have a secret ingredient. Oh, my God. Are we allowed to ask? <laughs> yes. What is the secret? Fried onion. Great secret. It just... I don't even have to taste it to be like, what a good one. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. On that note... I make I the like fluffiest, the- most amazing matzo balls. I there, promise. There's nothing else to say other than thank you for joining us for another episode of How Do You Do, <laughs> the podcast. Um, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to us with thoughts on shared tomatoes and matzo ball secrets and what adds up to 15 at howdoyoujewpod at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, howdoyoujewpod.com. Um, DM us or follow us on Instagram at howdoyoujewpod. And of course, please, please, please subscribe to our podcast and give us five star ratings and reviews um, and we look forward to seeing you again soon and if there are any topics you would like for us to talk about please feel free to email us with your ideas we would love to hear your opinions um, and until next time happy doing